PCOM Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Feldstein. Today, we're speaking with fourth-year Doctor of Pharmacy students, Ruth Pierre and Mahalat Wall. Ruth and Mahalat recently completed one-month rotations at Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine's Office of Family Medicine in Philadelphia. This experiential learning opportunity allowed the students to work alongside providers and medical student colleagues and practice patient-facing skills. Skills included reviewing patient prescription lists, counseling patients about their medications, and working with the attending physicians to ensure that patient prescription plans accurately reflected the needs of the patients. While in Philadelphia, the pair had the opportunity to live in the Metacristi House, new campus housing within walking distance of the Office of Family Medicine. Mahalat earned her undergraduate degree in chemistry from Georgia State University in Atlanta. She has worked at Emory St. Joseph's Hospital in Atlanta as an intern. In addition, she has volunteered with the Atlanta Interprofessional Student Hotspotting Program, which partners with Grady Memorial Hospital to support high utilizing patients, decrease healthcare costs, and provide real-world learning opportunities for graduate students. Mahalat is the founder of the PCOM Georgia Student Chapter of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy. Ruth earned a Bachelor of Science in Biology from Clayton State University in Morrow, Georgia. She then completed a Master of Arts from Mercer University in Atlanta. Ruth is employed as a pharmacy intern at Piedmont Atlanta Hospital. She's the class chair of the class of 22 and serves as the executive director of Yes2 Ministry, a not-for-profit that provides pharmacies on mission trip sites. She also has a creative bent and enjoys singing with a professional choir in Atlanta and heading up a company that makes t-shirts. Welcome Ruth and Mahalo. Great, thank you for having us. I was really looking forward to this podcast. So I've I've got a couple of questions for each of you that we'll do one at a time. So Ruth, this is for you first. Please share with us what your experience was like working in the Office of Family Medicine at PCOM in Philadelphia. Okay, so from my experience there, I was working with seven providers, about eight medical students and two uh, residents, medical residents. Every single day, what we would do is go over each patient case. And one thing that I realized is that the providers were more than happy to not only give students the opportunity to apply the content that they would learn from school, but I observed that they would support them through their decision. So every day we would review the patient's chart, each patient, discuss with the providers the recommendations that we had and why we had such recommendations. So that allowed time for me to not only review the guidelines um, and articles for each recommendation before presenting to the team, but it allowed for me to assess the patient and learn from that experience as well. So I can say that one thing that this rotation did for me is it took me from having a student mindset and allowed me to use evidence-based guidelines um, to apply to the cases that I would see every single day at that site. And Mahalo, what about you? How was your experience working in the office? So I guess my experience, um, I, I mostly enjoyed the, the social aspect of it. 
um, you know, obviously, you know, I did get to, you know, use my clinical skills and use what I learned in school. But for me, I kind of got to dive more into what we don't get the exposure of so much while we're in school. And that's actually dealing with real life people and real life patients and working in a real setting with real colleagues and, you know, um, a real clinical setting. So I my experience was more so centered around the enjoyment of that. Um, I really enjoyed meeting all these different types of patients, people with different issues, people with different backgrounds people going through different things at the moment. Um, it kind of gave me insight more into the actual human aspect of healthcare that we tend to miss a little bit here and there while we're so busy trying to do our job. Um, so I enjoyed mostly dwelling and and kind of getting to know these people that were frequenting um, the PCOM medical um, clinic. And that to me was the best part of the experience. And also working closely um, with med students who too were going through the same process as me, um, learning how to deal with people, learning how to treat different types of patients. Um, and my favorite part about that was being from, um, I guess, you know, just a different part of the United States. Uh, you know, we have our own ways of kind of doing things, um, talking to people. So, you know, just learning how they associate with people and learning and then, you know, them seeing how I associate with patients. I guess we kind of got to share that experience together and learn, um, you know, how to deal with different types of patients, even difficult ones. So for me, that was the highlight of my experience there. Okay, well, Mahala, you're gonna take the next question first. So do you have recommendations on how PCOM pharmacy students can better prepare for this rotation and make the experience even better? Yes. So um, first and foremost, um, I think coming in, you should be more a well of community guidelines, um, not so much hospital guidelines. We do learn a lot of hospital guidelines while we're in school. So going back and reviewing your community guidelines, like, you know, diabetes care, um, you know, things such as like cut scrapes, wounds, uh, simple, you know, blood pressure measurements, simple, you know, things such as lab results, knowing all those things and having all that, um, you know, ID, community ID is really important coming into a clinical setting like that. Um, also, you know, just getting, you know, that there's also that social skill, again, like I mentioned um, earlier, that's really important. So just making sure that you're more warmed up and comfortable talking to people and even making sure that you're comfortable talking to those difficult patients um, was really important. And in this setting, um, I did, you know, we had a few of those, you know, and, and knowing that you can deal with those patients, even when they're pushing you off and knowing how to come in and be like, hey, you know, you need to be here. You're here today for a reason. Um, I'm going to help you. Um, really knowing how to stand down and, and say those things um, to a patient are really important. Those are two main things I can say are really important as a student to come in and be prepared for. And obviously, definitely the cold. Coming from the South, I was not prepared for that. Um, I would say that's very important as well. Okay. Ruth, what about you? I do agree with Malet there. One of the most important things that I found was um, improving in our communication skills because talking not only to patients every single day and knowing how to um, talk to them about their medication, side effects, but also doing so in a respectable um, way. I also found that um, talking to our providers also helps. So communication goes a long way. The second thing that I can say is knowing your place as a pharmacy, the pharmacy person there, because being the only pharmacy Student, there were a lot of times where the medical students or the providers kind of 
in a way, I felt that I needed to advocate for my patients because something that a medical person might not see as an issue, I, as a pharmacy person, I had to advocate and kind of bring up. And I'll give an example. So someone came in the office and the lady was very pleasant. And she was talking about, you know, I used to wear a size 7.5 and um, or 8, but now I feel like my, my feet are really, you know, swelling up and now I'm wearing a size 9. And she also mentioned that she was on Lasix. So as a pharmacy student, that is something that we have definitely learned in school. You know, when a patient is taking a diuretic, that's definitely something to make sure that it's working. And she started the initial dose at her last visit. So automatically, I went in with a medical student, and that was the first thought that I have. I'm thinking her dose should be increased at the time. And so when we rounded with the physician and discussed that patient, um, everything else, the medical student was breaking up, bringing up everything else. She seemed fine. You know, he did a full physical on her. And before we went back in the room, I said, well, pause for a second. She mentioned at least twice that her shoe size has increased. Um, she's had to go up a size in, in her shoes. And that's when I said my recommendation would be for this Lasix to be increased, for the dose to be increased. And as they walked in the room, the first thing everyone did was look down at her feet and they all looked back towards me. So that was definitely something that um, I felt as a pharmacy person, the things that we learn in school are important, but we also have to learn what the patient is telling us and then advocate for that patient. So Ruth, how will you take this experience with you after you graduate? Well, one of the track that I chose, the track that I chose at PCOM School of Pharmacy was ambulatory care anyway. So I felt like that experience was exactly what I needed to confirm that that was the exact setting that I wanted to be a part of. A clinic where I would see my patient and be able to follow them years after years versus say acute setting where you know, you see the patient at the hospital and then you may never see them again. So I wanted to be involved and kind of look at their lab results, look at, you know, their knowing their past medical history and apply all of these things to provide the best care possible. So I felt it was right up what I was looking for and the experience that I needed to know for certain that's exactly what I wanted to do in the future. Mahalo, what about you? So for me, I've always known that I wanted to go into taking care of and really try to make change in those underserved communities that didn't have, you know, the most best healthcare systems or, you know, we had patients who didn't have, you know, had social disabilities that were making it harder for them to access, you know, their healthcare services. Um, so working in this setting where I did have a variety of patients, including those, and being in a whole different city has really showed me that this is just a national issue. It's not just something that exists in Atlanta, um, you know, being that that's where I've always just kind of focused, you know, doing my work with Grady and also some other volunteer work I've done um, working in, you know, our more underserved communities. It's a it's a problem all over the place. So this inspires me more as a pharmacist to kind of want to um, branch out more and reach out more to just other people when day outside of my city that are on the same mission and just kind of make this a bigger issue like like it really is. So Mahalo, why did you decide to become a pharmacist in the first place? 
So for me, I always knew I wanted to be in healthcare. I am a first-generation American here. So my parents, when they first came here, um, they didn't speak English. They didn't have any proper understanding of the culture, um, let alone, you know, getting around and finding proper healthcare. So my mother was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes when she was pregnant with me. And I always saw how she struggled with her healthcare. Um, she doesn't speak English very well. And my dad was always busy working. So him going, you know, with her to all her doctor's appointments was just not really a real realistic thing in our in our household at that time. So that lack of English on my mom's behalf and in underserved communities, unfortunately, a lot of, you know, healthcare providers are, they have a lot of patients to see. So them taking the time and slowing down to really, you know, make sure my mom understood everything I see is kind of just an issue that we, we have, you know, in the healthcare world, really being able to slow down and make sure a patient gets every single thing sometimes isn't just realistic. So she was always having issues and problems with her medication, her treatments, uh, was just leading to bigger issues. So for me, you know, my mom was one person. My mom was one person. She's my mom. You know, that was enough to drive me to want to be a pharmacist and bridge this gap um, where really the issue is patients are just not sure what they're taking, why they're taking it they're not adherent because of lack of understanding. So for me, you know, the, again, my mom is one person. Um, she means the world to me, but she is just one person. And, and, and this, the fact is there's a whole lot of people like her. So that's what drove me to want to become a pharmacist because there's a real need, you know, in that area. These people don't understand English very well, so they suffer. Ruth, what about you? Although it's going to sound like a, like a cliche that I've always wanted to be a pharmacist since I was a kid, but I've always wanted to be a pharmacist since I was a kid. Um, my first exposure was my aunt, my great aunt back in Haiti. She had diabetes and one day she fell sick, refused to cut the sugar, refused to cut the rice. Um, and she was getting worse and worse. But I do remember a family physician visiting her often and she still had prescriptions that needed to be picked up from the pharmacy. So as a young kid, my mother would send me to the pharmacy and my interest um, sparked there. Just what is it in this, these medications that are uh, you know, helping her, that's helping her feel better? And so I've always been interested in science. I expressed it to my mother that this is something that I would love to look into a little bit deeper. Um, as you, I'm not sure if you all know, but a lot of Haitians would either become nurses or medical doctor. Rarely do they mention pharmacy. As a matter of fact, there's only one pharmacy school in Haiti. Um, from the time that I spoke, you know, those words to my mother until today. And so I told her I would love the opportunity, maybe in the future. I think this is what I want to do. And of course, she encouraged me. Um, and said, you know, your father's in the States looking, you know, working and making sure that the family can come together one day, working on our legal papers. And if you are given the opportunity, you will have more options. And here I am decades later, I never lost the interest in pharmacy. I've always looked into, you know, the medications, but also um, like Mahalat was saying, you want to kind of cater and help those who cannot really um, help themselves. And so with the combination of me always wanting to help people and the love and passion that I have for just learning um, about medications, how they work in the body and um, everything related to, I've, I've been interested in chemistry for a long time. So I never really lost that. And I just kept 
you know, kept um, pushing for it. Um, I moved here to the state and middle school throughout high school. I kept pushing for it throughout college. Um, I was a biology major, knowing that ultimately that was going to be where I end up. So, yes, although a cliche, I've always been interested in this beautiful profession, um, and I'm still very passionate about it today. So I have a question for both of you. It's not on, you know, our the, the questions we've gone over so far is mm -hmm. how do we make this experience better for the next pharmacy students that come through on the rotations? Well, for me, um, are you saying, are you asking about the site itself? Just the experience. I mean, did were you just on City Avenue? Did you go to any of the other uh, healthcare centers? Okay, well, I know initially that there were two healthcare centers that students were supposed to go to. I had the opportunity of, opportunity of going to a nursing facility nearby. And okay. I'm so glad that I did. During the last week of rotation, it was a different setting. Um, and it's just to see one of our providers there took me along on round with another medical student. And so it allowed for me to look over the medication list with our geriatric pop population. A lot of time they have um, 15 to 20 medications in those nursing homes. So just being able to look over medication list, list and reconcile that, reconciling them was um, a great opportunity for me. Um, I did not take it lightly because I think that having different aspects of what really goes on in pharmacy is important. And so Yes, it's one thing for the patients to come in and we see them in clinic, but sometimes we have to go to those patients as well. And it was good for me to know that that was um, another clinical setting that existed. So I went for two days um, just reviewing the list and going over the medications with the um, provider and the medical resident there. So, so I would say... I would say for pharmacy students in the future, if there are other clinical sites nearby that are there, um, that are available for them to see, even with uh, a setting where a pharmacist would be present would definitely um, help their experience and help them grow and, and see different aspects of pharmacy as well. Mahala? Yeah, so just to add on to what Ruth uh, mentioned, also there was that, you know, there's the other piece from Family Medicine Clinic in North Philly. So if, um, you know, if the students had an opportunity to go to that, that would be amazing um, because I have heard some pretty cool things about that clinic. I just know logistically, I'm not sure how that would work out because there's no housing over there. So I don't know if it could be like a one or two day thing, uh, maybe ride with, you know, one of the pre one of the preceptors um, to go there. I don't know, you know, how that, how that could work out logistically, right. but it would be a great opportunity considering it's an, it's a, it's in a different area. Um, and I, I think it would just be great exposure. Okay. So I know each of you has got a couple of questions for me. So Mahalo, why don't we, we go first with you? Okay, so um, this is one question I was really interested in asking, but you know, during your time here, um, throughout PCM, throughout your career, throughout you know your lifetime, how have you kind of seen that interprofessionalism structure change, or has was it always around? You know, was it something that was implemented so many years ago? I just you know, what's kind of been your history with that? So. Uh, you know, when I went to school, when we had the dinosaurs were still roaming the, you know, roaming the earth, there was no interprofessional education because all there was was Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. That was it. There were no other programs. There was no interprofessional education. Your, your interprofessional education came 
when in your clinical years, when you were in the hospital or during your residency, when you interacted with uh, physician's assistants and, and pharmacy residents in the hospital, as well as nursing students and nurses. So it was on the job training interprofessional education. There was nothing formal in either the first two years that were didactic or the third and fourth clinical years. And interprofessional education has just been evolving in healthcare education and medical education. You know, I've, I'm going on my eighth year here. It's really just kind of started from my perspective in, in the last eight to 10 years where it's being required by all the accreditors for all the professional programs. And to date, it, it's kind of been not integrated collectively where everybody's learning the same clinical background, basic sciences together. It's kind of extracurricular. You know, it, everybody comes together in the off hours, physician's assistant, behavioral health, pharmacists, DO students. And I think what I want to see and, and I, what this is a great example of, it's real clinical interprofessional education taking care of the patients in a real live clinical setting. And my goal is to get us to the point where you know, we can have healthcare centers where we have physician's assistants, pharmacy students, physical therapy students, all in the same clinical environment, really taking care of patients in a team effort along with behavioral health clinician students. To me, that's real interprofessional education. You know, it's one thing to do a case conference together, you know, online, virtually, whatever. It's another thing to actually all of you together taking care of a patient in a team setting, knowing each other professionally. And I think that's a much more enriching student experience as well as a better patient outcome, quite frankly. Thank you, Dr. Feldstein. That was a great answer and I agree with you. That, that's, that's, that's definitely a goal like moving forward. Thank you. Ruth, you have a question for me? Yes. So my question, as we talk about interprofessionalism, what role do you see pharmacists playing in the primary care setting um, in the future? Is that something that you think that um, would happen with PCOM medicine clinic, for example? Because we have disadvantaged groups and, you know, a lot of health disparities. Do you think that PCOM family clinic, although any primary care setting would benefit from having a pharmacist present? I think any primary care setting would benefit from having a pharmacist present being part of the healthcare team, just like having a behavioral health specialist in every primary care setting would, would benefit the healthcare team. Here, here's the tremendous irony that's happened in pharmacy. It's almost becoming, from my perspective, a prerequisite to have a pharmacist because the industry has shifted. You know, most everybody used to get their medications at their local pharmacist. And then we went to chains. And now it's mail order. So where does a patient really get to go to talk about problems or questions with their medications? And who's really keeping track of their medications? You know, like you said, in a geriatric population, you have people on 20 medications. Most people over the age of 65 are on five to 10 medications. I mean, who's, who's keeping track of that? You know, and, and what's the best way to really deliver the care? And, and I think moving forward, pharmacists in 
the healthcare delivery system as part of a primary care team, they're going to fill that void. So it's not so much dispensing medications as it's going to be into a clinical role, you know, maximizing pharmacotherapeutics. And when you take into consideration how many people are, you know, taking vitamins and over-the-counter medications on top of their prescription medications, you can spend 20 minutes just going over medications. So, you know, I really see it becoming more important. And then when you get into healthcare disparities and language issues and education issues, it becomes even more important because we all know that, you know, 50% of medications don't get picked up at the first period and only 50% of patients are compliant. So those are two huge issues that I think clinical pharmacists can also help address in the healthcare team setting. Thank you so much. And I do agree because from my experience, one thing that I saw while I was at the clinic was the polypharmacy where you had a lot of um, patients who had multiple specialists that they would go see or coming from the hospital and they would have different medication lists or different prescriptions. And so it's important to have that pharmacy person there. They would benefit to, um, to reconcile their medications and understand um, why they're on it, at least the patients, because sometimes they're either just taking um, more than one medication prescribed from several different doctors, you know, and having that pharmacist there would definitely help. So I do agree with you. Thank you so much. Why don't we take uh, one more question from each of you and then we'll wrap it up. I do have a question for you, Dr. Feldstein. Um, so, you know, now that we've discussed and mentioned how important it is to have an interprofessional understanding, do you find that the current curriculum is sufficient enough to educate students on, you know, real world settings, um, not only just being able to work with their colleagues, but really deal with different types of patients, you know, because that is part of the interprofessionalism model. The, the patient is still a big part of that. And, and also, how would you like to expand our curriculum? Do you have any plans on expanding the curriculum or is that something that you kind of push for? So Mahal, I'm going to do the classic interview move. I'm gonna flip that question back on you because you're living it. You've been a pharmacy student for four years. What do you think we should do? Okay, so <laughs> I was prepared for that. <laughs> so me personally, I we have these um, we have these classes called interprofessionalism. Um, well, I mean, they're it's INDP. Um, so we have those. I think it's once every three months. So we get to work with um, some nursing students that come into the school and also our um, DO students there on campus. And I think, you know, those are good settings. I We work in a lecture hall. We get together and work on a case. I don't think it gives real world setting, you know, experience because in a real world setting, you also have that factor of the patient. And when you're working with a patient in a clinic and that patient is between you and the doctor, I think that is a collaboration there that needs to be experienced more before heading out into the real world. Because we can work with other students. I mean, you know, we can sit there and get along for two hours and get, you know, a case done. But in the real world setting where you have that time pressure, you have the patient pressure, you have real medication in, in front of you, real things in front of you, um, I don't really think that's an experience you get until you get it. So I do think that 
our curriculum should expand more on more clinical settings. I feel like that's an important factor to have in, in you know, in education is that it's going to be that real hands-on um, setting. And I think we should have more of that in our experiential learning that involves other students, like DO students. Uh, most of our experiential learning is just pharmacy. Ruth, what do you think? Yes, I do agree with um, with her because once I was um, I attended the rotation in Philadelphia, it was exactly what I felt that I needed um, to really see. It's not just on paper working on a case in class to solve a you know a situation, but it was more about this is a real life issue. This is a real life scenario, a person that you are making decision about. And being able to communicate and talk with the medical residents and um, the, the providers there, it's definitely something that would take pharmacy students way further than being in the classroom. So my suggestion could be perhaps earlier, not just until the fourth year, but earlier on, um, since interprofessionalism is becoming more and more, we're seeing it more and more in the clinical settings, perhaps in the earlier years, having students um, attend rounds with physicians or pharmacy personnel and, and uh, professors that we have at the school so that they can start thinking that way early on versus just one rotation towards the end. So that would be my um, recommendation or my suggestion on that. And just to add on to what Ruth said, I feel like this rotation really was kind of that getting thrown in the fire and seeing if you survive type of situation. And I, I feel like it's great for growth. So I do feel like in that sense, first year, maybe second year students, the latest should get this same experience because I think this experience would really help students understand the importance of their role as a whole. So, so Ruth, I know you may have one more question for me. Yes, I do. Um, I know for me, I took this rotation as an elective and it was one of the best experiences for me. It allowed me to grow so much um, as a future pharmacist. Do you think that in the future, that's something that um, maybe we can allow more students to see? What is the ultimate goal of this rotation? I think the ultimate goal of this rotation is to make it part of the standard curriculum at least in the fourth year, and then have it maybe be an elective experience uh, in the third year, or somehow, you know, get more clinical experience into the first and second year of the pharmacy curriculum, but definitely have that experiential learning opportunity be a standard rotation in the fourth year, because we think it's so important. I do agree with you. It is very important. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dr. Feldstein, you know, I did have a question for you, actually. Do you find that it is something that would be beneficial to have something part of the curriculum that really, um, maybe it's like a class, you know, one course for four hours, students can take every three months, maybe it's just part of like once a term thing, but it like kind of really hounds in on working with um, more diverse patients and how to handle difficult populations, difficult patients, difficult situations. You know, classes, a class that really focus on kind of real life, like difficult, how to handle, you know, things like that. So, Mahalo, that's a great question. We actually have that for the DO students. So we just need to figure out. And since you raise it as an issue for the pharmacy students, 
we can transfer that curriculum and make that part of the pharmacy curriculum as well and or interprofessional educational experience. So we can definitely look into that. Okay. And you know, like something that kind of will also focus on the social aspects and social issues of those who are underserved. Because, you know, some students end up in, in different settings. They know they're not really ready mentally to be in. Um, and I feel like just, the, you know, having an understanding of that helps them make better connections with patients if they're ready for that in real life. Totally agree. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, I just want to thank both of you, Ruth and Mahalad, for joining us today. This was a great podcast. I'm sure a lot of pharmacy students, DO students, and everybody in the community is really going to enjoy and benefit from listening to this podcast. I appreciate your insights and ideas as we continue to work to ensure our pharmacy students have experiences that help them become well-rounded professionals. To listen to past episodes of this podcast and become a subscriber, visit our SoundCloud page or find us on iTunes by searching Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. I'm Jay Feldstein, and this has been PCOM Perspectives.